0: And welcome back to Favorite Things with Mark. I'm your host, Mark. Uh, and uh, first of all, I'd like to apologize for putting you through uh, one of the worst James Bond songs in Madonna's <laughs> Die Another Day. Uh, secondly, I've uh, got some news for you. As some of you may know, and others of you will learn momentarily, uh the newest James Bond film that we were hoping to lead into with our podcast series, Die Another Day, has been postponed. Uh, It has been postponed into April of 2021. As of right now, until it's postponed again. Uh, So with that being said, our plans have changed uh, ever so slightly. Uh, So as of right now, you may be wondering, what is the podcast going to do? Are you going to continue until you run out of James Bond movies? uh, And then do something else, what is the plan? Well, congratulations, here is the news. So today, uh, Betsy and I finalized our plans for what we're gonna do next. Mm -hmm. Um, I decided as soon as I learned the news, last friday i believe uh that what we were going to do was we were going to uh reach a stopping point with the latest film uh die another day which is actually a really good stopping point in that it's the end of the classic james bond uh films before they rebooted with casino royale So it kind of presents a natural stopping point for us right now, uh, before we launch into Daniel Craig in the modern bond era. So, uh, with that said, we wanted to give you an update. Uh, we're going to stop, uh, more like pause James Bond, uh, between now and April. Uh, we're going to come back in two segments with the, uh, with the remaining bond films leading into no time to die. So there are four films left, uh, on our viewing schedule before we get to the newest movie, uh, which we're hoping to see in theaters, but knowing the way things have happened recently may come directly to home video.
1: Yep, hopefully sooner than later. <laughs> uh, one well, way or another,
0: we'll see what happens. So here's the plan. Uh, betsy and i in a series we're about to announce are going to take a slight diversion uh and then before christmas betsy and i will return with uh a double feature in casino royale and quantum of Solace. uh you ask why a double feature well it's complicated i'll give you the long and short of it in that the two movies kind of tell a singular story um they're done by different directors uh I don't know that they were initially designed to be effectively one long story, but they work best when viewed together. Uh, So we're going to do a brief series and then come back to that before Christmas. And then early next year, uh, we will record the episodes of uh, Skyfall and Spectre leading into... No Time to Die. Now, we will record those probably fairly early in the year. We will not release those until we are two weeks out from the release of No Time to Die. Uh, we're holding those just because uh, from various trailers for the movie, uh, the film's Skyfall Inspector do seem to lead pretty heavily into that particular film. So we want it fresh on your minds as we go into it. Uh, what's going down. Uh, If that gets delayed, we'd like it to be fresh on your mind. So uh, the plan right now is we'll record those last two episodes early 2021. Uh, Those will be released uh, in the lead up to No Time to Die. So with all that rigmarole out of the way, right now here, you're hearing it first, uh, unless you're listening listening much, much, much later than uh, October sixth, 2020, we are announcing that our next series that we will be doing in review is Harry Potter. Uh, So some of you are excited, some of you are not. Uh, We're going to be keeping things British a little bit more family friendly, although the jokes will be just as awkward and inappropriate as ever. Uh, We are planning on doing Harry Potter. Now... What does that mean? Uh, the the greater wizarding world has a, a bigger uh, footprint than just uh, the initial seven books or eight movies. Uh, we are just going to be covering the eight Harry Potter movies. Uh, we will not be covering Fantastic Beasts. They are their own, uh, pardon the bad pun, beasts. Um, <laughs> we are going to be... Instead, just covering the original eight films ranging from 2001 to 2011. Uh, so, starting next week, we'll be covering Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, and we will be ending in, within eight weeks with Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Uh, the reason that we're going to go with this series is uh, Harry Potter has kind of a, a whimsical, kind of mysterious... Uh, kind of different feel to it. Uh, We felt like it was a really good feel for the fall uh, and and early winter season between uh, Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, Between Halloween and Christmas, it usually ends up on Freeform, what's formerly the Family Channel's uh, fall uh, marathons. It just felt like a good fit for us. So, Starting next week, uh, if you're wanting to do homework, uh, we're going to be covering Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and then one Harry Potter film a week until we finish that. So can that I, is. Um, yep.
1: Can I just say I'm really excited about doing this because we're going to be doing something that I actually like. Like I like before, like you know the. Yes. The James Bond has been okay but it's not my cup of tea. It never oh, has absolutely. been and it never will be and I mean that's the truth. You know that's the truth. Yes. But I love Harry Potter.
0: Oh. I. And have...
1: so I'm like really excited to be doing this with you and yes. you know I, to talk about it. I
0: adore the franchise. I'm looking forward to going through it. Um, I think it'll be fun. It's uh, Some of the movies are much longer than others yeah. and uh, I'm not looking forward to that. I'm <laughs> really not looking forward to doing plot recaps. Um, but <laughs> I am looking forward to revisiting those. I don't think I've watched the whole series all the way through in a couple years, so I'm yeah. looking forward to to that revisiting. And uh, after this week's James Bond, we're going to need a, a palate cleanser. So,
2: yeah,
0: um, we're going to take a brief break uh, to catch our breath. And when we come back, we will discuss the last James Bond film of the classic Bond franchise, um, and the first and the last James Bond. Before our hiatus from James Bond uh, Die Another Day We'll see you in just a moment And we're back And we're here to talk about the 20th James Bond film released on the 40th anniversary of the first film's release. Uh, The release date, ironically, which was, uh, let me see, yesterday was the release date. It's 2020. Next year, no, two years from yesterday would be the 60th anniversary. So we're at the 58th, 58th anniversary. Uh, of Dr. No being released. So, uh, this film definitely happened. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: and there's no denying that. Uh, no. it's, uh, it's a, it's a movie. Yeah. It, uh, it, it certainly happened. Yeah. And Pierce Brosnan was certainly in it. <laughs> um, as was Halle Berry and Judy Dench and Michael Madsen. Uh, and, a bunch of other talented people who've done better work. And, uh, well, 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 Betsy, what'd you think of this one?
1: <laughs> it was a mess. That's what oh, I think this... of it. it was ridiculous. Uh, more so than some of the others, than maybe all of the others. I don't know.
0: So um, um... Roger Moore, sir, Roger Moore uh, may he rest in peace before he passed away, went on record uh, in speaking about this film and said, mm-hmm. Uh I all in all thought they went a little too far and that's coming from me the first James Bond in space. <laughs> and uh, uh yeah. And uh he's not wrong. Uh he's very 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 correct. This film is a car wreck. Um and whereas last week's movie was was ultimately kind of boring and I I would I would just straight up say a bad movie. This week's movie is a disaster. From start to finish, from inception to release, everything about it does not work. However, it is that rare breed that is so god-awful. It is amazing. It is entirely watchable because of how bad it is. Yeah,
1: this is one that I know I've not watched it all the way through before yesterday, But I know you've seen it several times since we've been married. Yes. And so I've seen bits and pieces of it. And every time I'm like, what the heck are we watching? Are you watching? Um, This looks ridiculous. Ridiculous. And it really was every bit as ridiculous as I expected it to be, and then some.
0: Okay, would you say that it met your expectations or exceeded your expectations when it came to ridiculousness?
1: I think it exceeded my expectations when it came to ridiculousness. And, uh, you know, I know you, like, you love it. It's a, probably, is it one of your favorite ones of the older ones, or?
0: Well, it's my favorite bad James yeah. Bond movie like, of the I'm old like, ones. like, for me,
1: it was just bad. I, you know... So, it, it did have its fun moments, but I'm like, yeah, I don't have to, I don't have to watch it again. I'll, but. I'll
0: put it this way. I would put this up against the best spoof films that have been released oh, yeah. uh, regarding James Bond because it is meant to be taken seriously. And it is one of the largest parody films I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. This film in no way should be taken seriously. And that's terrible. That's terrible yeah. because you can see there are moments in this film, and I'll speak of them when we get to them, that the film is trying so hard to be serious. And then everything else around the movie happens. Yeah. And so, these maybe two or three moments in the movie where you can see that either in the script or in Pierce Brosnan's performance, they are trying their best to give a serious, just heartfelt, character-driven piece and the rest of the movie happens and absolutely destroys that moment
1: yeah and i think those are the moments where i laugh the hardest
0: yeah um (laughs) so so well let's let's get right into it so uh The way this movie starts, oh, and uh, Die Another Day, the name of the film, and if you abbreviate it, whereas last week's abbreviation was Twine, for the world is not enough, uh, this week's abbreviation is Dad. Um, So, James Bond, Dad. Uh, (laughs) And whereas last week's film felt like a movie that was written in the midst of a midlife crisis, this film feels like the script writers invited in their teenage son's uh, or who had, preteen sons, or preteen Probably sons,
1: closer. who
0: maybe it was a combination of a preteen and a teen. But one son <laughs> wanted, uh, wanted you know the women that he'd seen in Maxim magazine or on Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, and his other son just wanted to play with Transformers. And we got the movie, we got it, <laughs> and so this film starts with the traditional gun barrel sequence except when James Bond fires the gun into the gun barrel ordinarily blood drips down the uh gun barrel indicating that he killed the gunmen and they failed in this he shoots the bullet into the gun
2: yeah.
0: uh, a 3D bullet shoots into the gun barrel um and no this isn't a 3D film even though it looks like it was meant to be uh we then go from there to surfing into North Korea, which makes absolutely no, no sense, sense as the as the reason and way they're going into North Korea. The only thing I can imagine is that Pierce Brosnan was like, "I'm really into surfing. We we need to surf," and 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 Barbara Broccoli was like, "Pierce, I know you want to, but uh, can we?" Can we talk them out of this? And Michael G. Wilson, her stepbrother, goes, no, let's let them do it. (laughs) And we get the scene we get. And as soon as they land, I write, everything is a gadget. Because the surfboards open up and there is a supply store of multiple things that are not just one thing. Like Pierce Brosnan pulls out a knife out of the surfboard, jabs it into the dirt. And it's also a radio transmitter. It is every cereal box spy kit you ever saw as a kid inside this surfboard. And it <laughs> is
2: is—it
0: is ridiculous. Immediately you know this film is not going to be grounded. And which will be funny in a few minutes. Um, we... At this point, uh, Bond and his team intercept a helicopter with an arm stealer. Bond takes his identity, and all he does to disguise himself is he steals the poor guy's sunglasses. Um, At this point, we move over to the camp on the DMZ at North Korea, uh, where we meet Colonel Sun Moon. His name is Sun Moon. That is the level of writing we're dealing with in this. Uh, Just keep that in mind. Kind of par for the course for James Bond, but still not good. Um, And we gather really quickly that uh, the Colonel Moon is uh, unhinged because he's beating on a heavy bag and then has it unzipped, and we find out that the person inside is his anger therapist. Uh, At this point, we meet Rick Yoon as Zhao, and uh, he's playing the same character he plays in every film. Uh, He is... Uh, the bad guy from The Fast and the Furious, he's the bad guy in this. And if you've seen him in anything else, if he's not killed in the first five minutes, he's the bad guy in that, too. <laughs> Sorry to spoil all those Rick Yoon movies. Um, but we find out that Moon likes uh, Cars and Conflict Diamonds. Because um, we're going to keep hearing about him because someone was reading about him in Time magazine. <laughs> uh, immediately, Bond's cover is blown. And it might be because everywhere he goes, he introduces himself as Bond, James Bond, and he's on the cover of Secret Agent Quarterly. Um, <laughs> but uh, William Lee uh, is playing Colonel Moon, and I note that he is so young in this role. Uh, William Lee is in the TV show Altered Carbon on Netflix. He is on. Uh, he is in a video game called Sleeping Dogs. Uh, which is a fantastic Hong Kong uh, crime story. And he's in this movie, which is not good. Um, and bond having been captured is cover blown blows up the diamonds, uh, to escape. And, uh, Yeah, we actually get a pretty decent action scene. Uh, Bond's fighting his way up, And then he jumps on uh, the fastest of all getaway vehicles, a supercar. Nope, he jumps in a hovercraft uh, because we need another slow chase.
1: Which, I'm like, there are sports cars all around them.
0: Well, it's the minefield. Uh, To to which, when he's noting, he says, bit of a minefield out there. (laughs) Again, the clever, clever writing of... Uh, Purvis and Wade, who are uh actually writing the current Bond films, and you would never guess it that both this movie and the modern Bond movies were written by the same people.
1: So my question would be if if they're in the middle of a minefield,
0: mm-hmm. and that's
1: why they have all these hover crafts. Yes. Why are all the sports cars there and how did they get there?
0: They were airlifted. <laughs>
1: Oh, you laugh;
0: it comes back like three oh, times I, in the movie. It, it's
1: just—it's just ridiculous. Anyway. Yes. Go
0: ahead. Anyhow, so <laughs> we get a chase scene. Uh, Bond blows up everything, including uh, Colonel Sun Moon, um, and then as he's hanging from a bell, he says to no one, "Save by the bell." <laughs> um. I want to note at this point as I'm talking about this film. Th- It's very obvious at this point. The film is not clever. It is trying to be clever. It is... It thinks it's clever. It is... Well, it's me. Making dad jokes, thinking that I'm funny, and they're not. Um, And that's this film in a nutshell. Uh, If you want a much better uh, dialogue about this film, I highly recommend on Stitcher Premium, uh, the episode about Die Another Day, released in 2013, uh with Ben Acker and Ben Blacker and uh <laughs> and they're a writing team. They're actually really good. They write comic Did you books.
1: Ben and Ben Acker and Blacker?
0: Yes. <laughs> no, they're a writing duo. That's
1: uh hilarious. but they
0: comment they do a commentary with uh Matt's Gourley and Myra and it is uh it gives this film every last bit of credit it deserves and it's it's not great. Yeah. Um but I highly the, the podcast itself is I, right. I recommend it to anyone. If you've got a free month of Stitcher premium, check out that episode. Uh, if you're interested in some color commentary on, on this film, uh, a lot of the same observations I'm making here are made there mainly because there is plain as the nose on a clown's face. It's just, it's, there is no subtlety. Uh, bond is captured. Um, Which leads us into the worst Bond song. You heard it uh, at the opening of the episode. Um, And here's where the film gets weird. Um, So this section of the film, Bond is captured. Bond is tortured. We learned after the opening song that it's 14 months. The film is trying to be grounded at this point and it just does not work for anything that happens around (laughs) the rest of the movie. We're supposed to feel for Bond being captured and tortured. And and this is an interesting concept yeah. that we're in a different Bond movie might have some weight to it. But what happened immediately before it and what happens immediately after completely erase any seriousness of this moment. Right. And it just, you can see as Pierce Brosnan's acting, he's trying to give a genuine performance and it just... It's heartbreaking because he is not in the movie he thinks he's in. (laughs) Anyhow, uh, Bond is interrogated by uh, uh, Colonel Moon's uh, father. I'm going to guess it's just General Moon. Uh, I guess he's going to be General Asteroid Moon because they have to have something (laughs) ironically named. Um, But Bond is released to, we're going to call them the Allies because they don't really have organizational names, I guess MI6 and NSA. Uh, but we learn that Bond is being released in a trade where Zhao is being re-released to North Korea. Uh Bond is examined and then interrogated by M. And at this point in the movie I note that Pierce Brosnan looks absolutely ridiculous with a wig and fake beard. <laughs> um M tells Bond that his double O status is rescinded. Uh and at this point I note that it's kind of odd that Bond has been tortured for 14 months and he has a very hairy chest but an absolutely hairless back. Just not an ounce <laughs> of hair. The North Koreans, if there's one thing they don't tolerate, hairy back. Just they go in there they wax. Yeah. And it's it's not even part of the torture. It's just no nah, man, we got a dress code. I mean, you're shirtless, but we don't allow hair on the back. Uh so, at this point in the film, Bond stops his own heart uh, to escape because that's something a person can do, right?
1: Sure.
0: Yeah. You can you can stop your heart just by thinking about it.
2: Yeah. Like, There's right so, now?
0: Huh? I just made it skip a beat. No, yeah. I'm doing Star Spangled Banner right now.
2: <laughs>
0: okay, I better stop doing that. Um, yeah. But he then swims to Hong Kong from... I don't know, because we never gather where Bond is at when the trade happens at the North Korea border. And I'm going to tell you a little secret. Uh, it is a ways away from South Korea. Yeah. It's a considerable distance. Um, so... Bond gets out of the water, goes into a hotel, doesn't even bother to button up his his uh, pajama shirt, <laughs> and walks into a five-star hotel, um, and uh, after the initial bell services guy goes, yeah, uh, what do you want? Uh, do you have a credit card? Uh, someone who works for the hotel higher up goes, hey, we know Mr. Bond, and he goes, hey, I'll take the usual room, and I'll take some... Uh, expensive food and drink because I've totally got access to my expense account um, and then we go up to the room and uh, my next note is you don't get that close a shave from an electric shaver Pierce Brosnan his face in his hotel room is as smooth as a baby's bottom and he's doing it with an electric shaver no sir no, <laughs> no. does not work that way I don't care how good your electric shaver is does not work like that. Secondly, I'm pretty sure James Bond is a straight razor man. Maybe, maybe if he's on the land, he'll use a bic, But he is not <laughs> using an electric shaver. No, sir. Um, we then find out as a, a Chinese masseuse is coming in to, uh, to, I guess, give Bond a massage, and it looks like he's just sexually harassing her, but surprise, he's sexually harassing her and disarming her because she's got a gun.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, we find out that he's being spied on by Chinese intelligence and, uh, bond at this point tells him, Hey, I'm not angry at you. I'm it's okay. I don't need your masseuse. I'm not going to sexually harass her any more than I already have. Um, I need some info on this guy Zhao. Uh And they bring him a passport that says uh, Cuba uh, on the plane ticket. He goes, Cuba. He goes, yes, we found out that Mr. Zhao has taken a trip there. Say goodbye from us, which is actually some of the more clever writing in this film. Uh, and at this point, Bond walks onto the set of the Godfather part two. <laughs> because Cuba looks like it is in the prime of life of the 1950s and uh, <laughs> there is not a car that you see in that in that shot of of Cuba that is newer than 1960 yeah it is a uh, beautiful classic car is very coca-cola uh commercial inspired view of uh Cuba um doesn't seem very modern. Uh, and as soon as Bond goes to, uh, I guess it's a packing house, he meets the most interesting man in the world from the Dos Equis commercials. Uh, <laughs> Bond, as he's talking to this gentleman, uh, reads the book by James Bond, the author about birds. Uh, if you didn't know, that's where Ian Fleming got the name of James Bond. It was from a bird, uh, book about birds. Nice. Um, Bond goes over to uh, the hotel bar at the hotel he's staying at. Sees a British guy being an absolute jerk. Um, He then sees uh, Halle Berry as Jinx come out of the water, Ursula Andress style. Um, And as soon as she comes out of the water, she is bone dry. Yeah. And she proceeds to get into dialogue with uh, James where neither one of them is talking like a person. Or talking and answering the other. Both of them are just talking in sexual innu- innuendo that sometimes lines up and sometimes doesn't. Yeah,
1: and so weird.
0: Uh, as they end their con- conversation, in the most heavy-handed innuendo ever, uh, she is wetter than she was when she started the conversation.
1: <laughs> like she is dripping.
0: Yes. Uh, and... At this point, we transition tonight, where we get one of the most ridiculous sex scenes ever filmed. Uh, <laughs> they are in the bed, naked, rolling around in the sheets. And so in a lovemaking scenario, one would figure you kind of know what's in play. So you have two nude people in coitus enjoying each other. And spontaneously, the female party pulls out a four-inch knife and a mango. Where did she get them? Out of nowhere. She pulls out a knife and fruit and then cuts it up, eats some, and feeds him some. (laughs) All right, two things. One, apparently... There's a secret sheet pocket where she keeps knife and fruit. Um, Actually, there might be three things. Two, the sheets are going to be just destroyed. (laughs) Third, fun piece of trivia for this film. Halle Berry almost died shooting this scene. In in an interview released earlier in uh, the year, uh, Halle Berry was referring to this scene as the time she almost died, Uh, so she's supposed to seductively eat a piece of fruit um, before returning to the lovemaking with Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. Halle Berry asphyxiated on the fruit and began choking, and Pierce Brosnan had to figure out what was going on and give her the Heimlich maneuver <laughs> and then uh, they had to finish shooting
1: my word that would be traumatizing
0: and embarrassing. and embarrassing and somewhere in the in the MGM film vaults there is footage of this yes yeah, somewhere yes that is how ridiculous <laughs> life is. You're, you're welcome for that. 2020 actually gave you something worth noting that might have been, I don't know if it's a good story, but it's a story. Um, let's see here. Uh, in the morning, to flip the tables on the t- traditional story of James Bond and uh, misogyny, uh, she leaves him. He wakes up and she's gone. Well, That's new. Uh, that's revolution- revolutionary. One of the few revolutionary things this film does. Um, in the morning, he, uh, beats up the British jerk, uh, to sneak into the least security secure facility ever. Uh, at this point, I note that bond is the absolute worst secret agent. Uh, but to be fair, all the people that he's working against are somehow dumber than he is. (laughs) Um, the facility apparently spent all their money on DNA models because there is just plastic DNA models all over the place. Uh, we come to find out that Jinx is a killer, surprising absolutely no one because she has not had a humane conversation yet and pulled out a knife and fruit during lovemaking. <laughs>
2: um,
0: and I'm pretty sure she didn't talk to James before they uh, before doing that. Um, apparently, this place turns people into other people. Uh, so you could go in. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do me. I could go in as a Caucasian man and I could walk out as an African-American man. Yeah, cuz that's how DNA works. Um and uh and I will sound different? I will look different. I will be a different height. I will have different speech patterns,
1: different accents.
0: Different accent? Um I'm sure that I'll drive on the other side of the car. Now, just because um But that's the miracle of this place. You want to know what the other miracle of this place is?
2: What?
0: It's going to cause us to take a brief break. We will be back (laughs) with more Die Another Day. And we're back. When we last saw the uh, DNA facility, we uh, were figuring out uh, how we could turn into a different person. And so was Al. Uh, unfortunately, Bond pulls out out of the oven just a little bit early. And so he's an albino and the diamonds are still stuck in his face. Because, you know, you can't pull those out because those are in integral arteries, you know, right yeah. on the surface of the face. If you pop a zit, you, you're gonna die. Yeah. You will die if you pop a zit. Yeah. Did you know that?
1: Apparently, I didn't. I've been doing it all wrong.
0: Oh, girl, you better tie them face tourniquets. Because <laughs> you pop the wrong zit, just it's gone.
1: And those diamonds weren't that big, and they were not that deep into his face.
0: Nope. He all like right. A scratch. So, uh, at this point, uh, Zhao uh, apparently, even though under anesthesia, is you know perfectly fine. I mean, other than being an albino with diamond acne. Uh, So he gets into a big fight with Bond, and as all this is going on, Jinx stumbles down the hallway, and uh, when Bond finds the body of the doctor that she killed, uh, Bond is in absolute shock that she wasn't on the level, even though this woman he went to bed with after knowing for, you know, ten seconds, pulled a knife and fruit on him. (laughs) Uh, She escapes while Bond stares at her, um, but not before stripping down to a bikini because we had to do that for some reason. Uh, At this point in the movie, because Bond's a moron, he loses all of his uh, leads, so we need uh, the world's most interesting man to give us our new lead. Uh, And we come to find out that the diamonds uh, being exchanged at the location are conflict diamonds, belonging to none other than Gustav Graves. And at this point in the movie, um, I just want you to be aware that the Diamonds are just going to be there to change acts. Uh, Literally from this act to the next act. Uh, Through this whole movie, they are a red herring. They mean absolutely nothing to the plot. They are only there to transition us from one act to the next and eventually from one act into the credits. And (laughs) in none of their situations do they make an ounce of difference at this point in the movie we meet gustav graves and miranda frost because subtlety is dumb Uh, at this point in the movie we learn that gustav graves is the bad guy because the music tells us he's the bad guy
1: Uh, my question is when he makes his appearance in the film yes he's skydiving yes but it looked like he jumped off of a commercial airliner yeah is that did I not make that up? I don't know. Cuz that's what it seemed like. I
0: well, don't, I maybe. <laughs> I'm,
1: this, I this
0: if this is your leap in logic for this film, <laughs> just wait. Yeah. We are approximately 10 minutes from
1: yeah. whole boy. Oh, I know. That one I was just confused by his entrance, but that I guess that's just the whole film anyway.
0: Uh, and, anyhow, at this point in the movie, uh, Graves gives us one of the first of many idioms, uh, saying, as they say in fencing, what's the point? And as you roll your eyes, the scene transitions. (laughs) Uh, We go over to the Blades Fencing Club where Madonna cameos because I guess she held the film ransom for her song. And I (laughs) think one of the producers should have been like, you know, Madonna, you've not been the hit girl for a few years. It's okay if you're not in the movie, but no, <laughs> they they went ahead and they put her in the movie. Um, Bond and Graves uh, get into a sword fight and are just absolutely terrible to each other, just hate-filled. And at for this no point, at this point in the movie, for these two characters to our knowledge who have never met there is no reason for them to hate each other this much and they are going after each other like they are straight up trying to murder each other they go from this and destroying the blades club which i'll talk about in just a minute to hey buddy why don't you come over to my place for the weekend so uh, a few notes about the Blades Cub. First of all, uh, typically when you hang up swords for decoration, they're usually locked or welded into their casing. Hmm. You're usually not able to rip a rapier out of a shield setting on a wall and use it. On top of that, it's usually not razor sharp. Um the next thing is the blades club is actually stolen from the books, uh, except the blades club was more metaphorical in that it was a card club. Oh. It was a place you went to play things like bridge or hearts.
1: That might've been a better movie.
0: Uh, it would have required subtlety, which this movie has none of. <laughs> um, so after all this is said and done, um, no one's arrested, which is surprising. Um, M meets with Bond at a deserted uh, train tunnel, and he is really pissy with her. Just absolutely pissy a- about being disavowed, even though she has no reason to trust him. And as of yet, has yet to give her a reason to, but some for some reason, she puts him back on MI6's 00 list. Uh, Bond walks around with loose diamonds for no reason. We get a VR dream sequence in MI6 uh, where Bond uh, witnesses MI6... uh, MI6... Witnesses Punny murdered and shoots uh, attackers, including shooting M to... to save M. And uh, generally, it's reinforced in the scene that uh, James Bond's a terrible secret agent. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It would have been an interesting... uh, Interesting sequence had this actually been real, but just when any bit of Grounded is in this film, they take it away with VR goggles. (laughs) Um, We're introduced to John Cleese as Q, and I'm conflicted about him in this role. Uh, I love Desmond Llewellyn. John Cleese is... How do I phrase this in a way... John Cleese is the cue this film deserves. (laughs) So John Cleese is a very funny man. He is a very talented man. He is a very good actor. He is a very talented actor. He is a very, very good comedian. He isn't Q. However, in a spoof, he is the perfect Q.
1: Yeah.
0: And this film is an unintentional spoof. Um, at this point, we see all the old props from the Q branch laying around this old train station. Mm-hmm. Uh, Q hands Bond his watch. He's told it is his twentieth, were weren't, because this is the twentieth movie. <laughs> uh, we then get the invisible car. Um, and uh, no no logic leaps from you for this one. Invisible car. None. <laughs> No. Uh,
1: well, well, maybe later when he's using it. That's where okay. I've got that. because, I mean, he couldn't even see that it was there whatsoever. He thought it was just an empty
0: okay. So, bed. So, never bothers you the fact that, you know, there are supposed to be cameras all over the place and these cameras would hypothetically be on the wheels that would move. Yeah. Reorient, things like that.
1: It was, uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: yep. I'm just, I'm just saying. Anyhow, we learned that Miranda Frost works for MI Six. Uh, initially, it seems like M is talking to Bond, but surprise, it's Miranda. Um, whenever Bond arrives in Iceland to, uh, I guess, have a sleepover with uh, Graves, uh, we learned that uh, henchman C, because we've met a few already, is Mister Kill. Um, Graves drives up in his rocket sled. Because we needed something faster than a hovercraft. (laughs) And uh, at this point in the movie, my notes say Ice Palace, Frost, Brother. Uh, And at the Ice Palace in Iceland, uh, no one is dressed for the cold. We've got bare backs, low-cut dresses. Bond is in a Thin, just slim cut tucks. All the,
1: all the ladies are wearing these evening gowns that are spaghetti straps or sleeveless, whatever you call them. Yeah. Um, very thin material.
0: So uh, at this point in the movie, uh, we get a really bad prop that looks like it's from the 1960 Star Trek show. Uh, that's a mask uh, that they use in the DNA therapy. <laughs> and if it wasn't obvious by now, uh, Graves is uh, Colonel Moon. And apparently he is in love with Zhao because they get very close to talk. Um, and, uh, from here on out, I'm just going to call him Moon Graves. Um, so you're clear. Uh, Moon Graves uses a, a giant Jiffy pop in space to make a second sun in the sky. And, uh, even to everyone present, he's a whack job. Um, uh, Bond gets caught snooping a little later. And in order to cover his escape, he and Frost make out. Uh, and she gives that old idiom to describe spy work, sex for dinner and death for breakfast. <laughs> no! No one has ever said that. No, no one.
1: Not even in the James Bond worlds has anybody ever said that.
0: Yep. Jinx is captured because uh, she is the second worst secret agent in the world. And uh, at this point in the movie, everybody has lasers. The bad guys have lasers. Bond has lasers. Okay. Bond sneaks in and saves Jinx. Uh, the lasers apparently have a just absolutely go banana setting and just swirl around the room cutting everything.
1: And, and at this point, Bond is fighting off the bad guy. Yes. Like the hand-to-hand combat kind of stuff, trying to avoid these lasers. Yes. While Jinx is sitting there saying, Bond, hurry up and help me. Yeah. It's like, um, he's kind of tied up.
0: So, at no point in this fight does uh, Halle Berry's Jinx do anything to help herself. Uh, Everything at this point is Bond has to save her in order for her to do something. Yeah. Um, She she hits the button that activates the laser uh, to kill Mr. Kill. However, it is only Bond holding him off that allows this to happen. (laughs) Yeah. so, Bond goes and confronts Moongraves uh, and finds out that Miranda's a traitor if her name didn't give it away. Um, and uh, Bond escapes because no one in this film can shoot. Uh, he also has a uh, ring that uh, shatters glass. Uh Let's see here. Uh, my moon... Uh, my moon. <laughs> my notes get much fewer and farther between because the movie gets more ridiculous as we go. Bond escapes on a rocket sled. Uh, shocker, the bad guy, made a super weapon out of his second son. Uh, Bond crashes the rocket sled and then uses the parachute inside to uh, windsurf away with bad CGI. <laughs> and oh, howdy. Uh... We've got light effects that aren't lining up. We've got CGI characters that are disproportionate. It is not good. Um, And then when Bond gets back, uh, he gets into his invisible car to creep up on someone. Guys, this is not an electric car.
2: (laughs) You can hear it. This is
0: a... It's either a V8 or a (laughs) V12. This thing growls like a lion if it does anything he is sneaking up on someone in it
1: and the thing that got me during this was he um he used a remote control to bring the car to him yes okay and he had to go around like fences and gates and stuff yeah okay when he first was given this car he couldn't. Have, he thought that they were playing a joke on him. He says, "There's nothing here," so he cannot see it. But it, but now he
0: tire tracks, tire <laughs> tracks. This around
1: a maze where he's I, hiding. Hey,
0: I'm telling you right now, <laughs> you're picking the things that have the least problem with
1: oh, them. That's uh, that's what that's I'm like. I don't know. Maybe I don't see as many details as so, you. But that was that was like so it didn't make here's sense.
0: here's the fun part. So. The way the bad guys catch him isn't, hey, I see tire tracks coming from nothing, or, (laughs) man, where's that car sound? Nobody here drives a V12. No, what tells them something is wrong is, one of their snowmobile guards crashes into the car. (laughs) Yeah. It gets better. (laughs) The guards don't say, Bond's here. They go, hey, everybody report in, because there was weird noise. And Bond's like, well, I guess the jig is up and drives out into the middle of everyone (laughs) with the camouflage off
1: Uh.
0: so at this point in the movie we get a Transformers car battle uh, between Bond and Zhao. Bond in his Aston Martin and Zhao in a Jaguar and uh, we get uh, basically the car version of everything you can do I can do better And this scene has absolutely no stakes. It has no weight to it. Um, And on the other side, they keep cutting back and forth between this car battle that means nothing. And Halle Berry is trapped in a melting ice room. Now, I want you to think about that statement for a second. Halle Berry is trapped in a melting ice room. All she literally has to do is go. Oh man. Oh I guess I'll wait two minutes. <laughs> Alright. And then push on a wall. And she's out. Right. But she literally keeps hitting on the one portion of the wall that's not breaking. And then almost drowns. Anyhow. Uh, Bond kills Al, Saves Jinx. Um, and at this point in the movie. Uh. Bond does bad CPR because, yeah, Bond and Jinx are just bad secret agents. That's my note right <laughs> here.
2: Uh,
0: in the meantime, uh, oh boy, uh, Moongraves uh, meets up with his henchman, has him turn his suitcase super weapon into a bad Iron Man cosplay. Uh, Colonel Moon is reunited with his dad, General Moon uh, on board a giant plane. Uh, Then, uh, Old Moon Graves kills Daddy because he says, hey, you're kind of a nut job. Uh, So, Bond and Jinx have snuck aboard the giant plane uh, to disable the super weapon. If I sound bored, it's because I am at this part in the movie. Uh, Jinx manages to knock out the guards in the cockpit, and so she could totally fly the plane wherever she wants, but she doesn't lock the cockpit door, even though that's pretty standard, especially since this film is released a year and a half after 9-11. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we get comic book fights that have absolutely no weight between uh, Moon Graves and Bond and Jinx and Frost, and Miranda walks in wearing the most uncomfortable looking lingerie top uh, <laughs> that I... No one knows why she's wearing it at this point in the movie. The only reason I can figure is... I said earlier that this movie feels like it was written by a 13-year-old. Yeah. And this scene is is the biggest one, Is she is she is fighting in a negligee top. That doesn't look like it would be a comfortable bra, sports bra, or top. It's just there to maybe look attractive. Except she's wearing like baggy athletic pants with it. Which is just weird. Anyhow. And they
1: were just taking off from ice.
0: Yeah. No, they weren't. They they took off from North Korea. Oh. Um, see,
1: I don't that transition I did not see. Uh, like, I watched it, to but be, it's To
0: like, be fair. They were the, in Iceland. The movie, the movie is not good. Um, <laughs> so, after uh, blowing up a majority of the plane, but leaving enough to, you know, still meander, uh, Bond and Jinx helicopter to safety, uh, land at a little hut in the middle of nowhere, and... Uh, use really stupid bad innuendos uh for diamonds or sex having sex on top of a bed of conflict diamonds
1: i'm still i'm still feeling pain from that like why would you be laying on a bunch of diamonds they're
0: i don't know. they're sharp Yep. i uh, guess they're
1: trying to get those same scars that the other guy had oh with the diamonds gosh. embedded throughout their body
0: And then the movie transitions. If David Arnold was doing the Lord's work and tomorrow never dies and the world is not enough. In this film, he signed his soul over to the devil and gives us just the music fits the movie. It's not good guys. Don't, don't listen to this soundtrack. It's not a good one. (laughs) And it ends with a techno remix and it's just bad guys. This movie is so painful it's hilarious, um, and uh, I'm gonna end the no- I'm gonna end this movie and our time with Pierce Brosnan's Bond on a sad note. Uh, when most of the Bonds have been interviewed um, about their time as Bond, when they were done with Bond, they were done with Bond. They were ready to leave. Pierce Brosnan wanted to do more, and listening to Barbara Broccoli, the producer of of this film, and up to the current day of James Bond, Mm -hmm. uh, after 9-11, they knew they couldn't continue doing classic James Bond, and as we get into Casino Royale uh, and into the modern era, they're very different movies, Mm -hmm. Um, but this this was definitely the end of an era. This was the end of business-as-usual Bond and um, I'm honestly kind of glad of that uh, Pierce Brosnan had one more appearance as James Bond in voice and appearance in the in the video game uh, 007 Everything or Nothing released on the PlayStation 2, Xbox and Nintendo GameCube uh, really fun video game uh, bunch of different uh, actors in it Um uh, but that's that maybe a commercial are his last times as bond and uh it's sad but the films that we're about to come up on are easily some of the best if not the best bond films we've seen yet so we go from easily one of the worst to some of the best
1: and I, I will say like all of these ones that we have watched in the past, I really have never sat down and watched any of them before. Yes. Um, but these newer ones with, um, now I can't think Daniel of, Craig, Daniel Craig. I was thinking Daniel Redkip, but if I'm like, no, that's Harry Potter. Yes. <laughs> so, but, um, but Daniel Craig, I've seen all of these with you. And as we've talked about before is I'm, you know, James Bond isn't my cup of tea. It's just not the kind of movie I would choose to sit down and watch. Yeah but these are movies that I do enjoy watching with you if you're wanting to watch it. Yeah. So they're ones that, you know, they are a better bond there. Like I didn't know going into this. I didn't know what to expect with bond, but I'm like, I knew what I came from. Yes. And so this is just, it's been a fun ride, but it's also been extremely ridiculous.
0: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So, um, at some point, we'll do a retrospective. We'll talk about the best Bonds, the worst Bonds, uh, just favorite moments. Um, I'm glad to have watched all these back-to-back. I'm, I'm glad that I now have a, a bigger context to pull from on my opinions. Uh, there are definitely some Bond movies that I'll revisit. I'll watch a lot more. And there are some that I hope to never watch again. Gold <laughs> world is not enough. Uh, <laughs> Diamonds are forever. Uh, but these are... Um, These are definitely time capsules. I would recommend these movies. If nothing else, you want to feel what cinema was like right around a certain year. Pull a James Bond movie from within a year and you'll get a general idea of what the trends are. Um, And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. And um, something I was telling you in the car this morning is uh, from the time Sean Connery left the role... Uh, of James Bond. Um, James Bond becomes some, became something else. Uh, from Doctor No up until You Only Live Twice, possibly even Honor, Majesty's Secret Service, James Bond is this top tier blockbuster action property. And then from Diamonds Are Forever until Die Another Day. James Bond is always a B franchise. It's never the best action movie. Even, I love uh, The Living Daylights. It might be my favorite James Bond film. That same year, you had had Lethal Weapon. You had uh, Robocop. You have these action movies that are huge in scale and execution. And, uh... And then you've got James Bond and it just, it's not quite there. And as we go into the Daniel Craig movie, some of them will hit those notes. Some of them, not so much, Mm -hmm. but there's still, it's a different era. And so as we close the door on this chapter, Pierce Brosnan, I do want to make this note. I don't know that any Bond has had a good final movie.
1: And that makes me
0: very nervous for Daniel Craig's last movie.
1: And that's the one coming out in hopefully April.
0: Yes. All right, guys. So, this has been it for James Bond. For now, James Bond will return to Favorite Things. But next week, we will be back with Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Or, if you live in Europe, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Hope you'll join us next week for more favorite things.
1: Bye.